BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. A fine episode of UFC Unfiltered. Michael Chiesa calls in. We like him. He likes us. I didn't spill anything. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he hurt him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Hopefully, Matt and myself are going to be joined today by Michael Chiesa on the phone. We're hoping Uriah Hall... If not today, then maybe, you know, Uriah is such a friend of the show. He kind of has an open invite yeah. uh, to come in or to call or to fucking send a fax, an email, handwritten letter that he puts, uh, you know, he signs with hearts, whatever he wants. We love Uriah Hall, so. And also, don't forget, next next episode, we got uh, Randy Brown coming in. That's right. Randy's coming back in studio. Who is he? Who did he fight last time? Oh, before he fight Mickey Gall, he was in, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. I w- I've been seeing Randy Brown. He's been down at my at my place every Tuesday. Oh, he has. Okay. Yeah, on Tuesday nights. And yeah, I liked him a lot. He's a good guy, training hard, and hopefully he brings in his uh, his instructor, Nardu, Sensei Nardu. He was here last time. That's right. He's got all that Zen flowing out. He of does. Him, yeah. You know. And we're gonna go see. Hopefully, uh, the goal is because uh, Michael Chiesa is fighting Anthony Pettis, and uh, I I am uh, I want to go out there. I wasn't sure if I was gonna make Vegas. Um. But I do want to go out there to see this card, and I really do want to see Matt be inducted. You know, it's it's such a great night. I want to see Matt like get inducted to, into the Hall of Fame. I'd like to. Yeah, I got some people coming out there, and I would love for you to be out there. I'd, I'd like you to be out there anyway. I'd like to do the show out there. I would man. love to do an episode of the show. Hopefully, you know, we did it last year, but again, it was only our second episode. It was awkward. We didn't know the uh, the uh, the vibe yet. We were just starting. Right. Now we're a year in. And we talked to a lot of fighters. Well, that was no, that was two years ago that we did it. That was when we first started. Then we didn't do it last year. Now this. Oh is, my god, two years. Oh yeah, we've yeah. got two years of shows. And it's right. literally before we built our UFC unfiltered army. <laughs> That's right. Abs. It's never going to stick with the whole UFC army. It was thing. a very small crowd that came. They didn't know. I would still like to do it. I don't know if I would do it at the comedy cellar where I would do it, but. Uh, I, I would like to do it where we can have a small audience come in. I think people would come in and, and uh, hang out with us during International Fight Week. Sure. Yeah. Well, they I didn't that one so. time, but it was just so weird. We didn't know where it was going to be. We didn't have any fucking fighters lined up. Anderson yeah. Silva personally told me no. <laughs> well, what's his name? Was a ball breaker, but I did like him a lot. Don uh, Don Fry. Don Fry, yeah. I liked a lot because at least he came on the show. Yeah. Well, that's when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. We had fun with that, but now we're. We're a lot more comfortable with each other. And, well, we've just been doing the show. We understand yeah. the format of the show, each other's energy. It's just, just a part of doing a show together. Right. Yeah. You become very comfortable, and we've had so many guys on. Forrest has not been on in a while. I, I miss Forrest. I hope we can see him when we're out there. Sure, yeah. I mean, if Any kind, he's a fun guest, man. Yeah. Uh, he's working for the UFC, right? Yeah, he runs or helps Fighter run Relations per- or something? The, uh, well, the performance ah, does. Oh, oh, God. Oh, and I'm, what a fucking idiot. Oh, thank you. And you know you. what's funny? That, that was, yes, that. Matt just <laughs> spilled his coffee and his fucking... Hold on a second. Let me just take a picture. Do you have any idea? Oh, oh I'm lightheaded, Jimmy. All right, Jimmy, now, Matt, that was fucking... Your coffee thing. and your... Uh, Jesus Christ, do you know how happy that makes me? There's you nothing, just, Jimmy. Yes, Matt. I, 
Jesus Christ. You know what's funny? You were talking, and this is what I was, I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to do it too much. No. See, I have my espresso in my hand. Yeah. I was. You put it on top I was like of your soda. Blocks. It was like a kid playing with blocks. Why would you put it on top of your soda? Because yeah, I, I think I'm an imbecile. I know, and it's but still Jimmy, there. There's this delicious treat, <laughs> and there's another delicious treat. Why would I play like blocks? Because oh, you're. My, I don't know, but I'm happy you did it. It's just, Yay, <laughs> spill. Look Clean it up, boy. Clean it up. It's horrible, dude. I got a problem. <laughs> Why? It's not blocks? Jimmy, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? It, I think this is just, I do it on purpose. It's part of my shtick. The guy likes pizza and, and, and drops things and spills things. I'm going to put this on Instagram. I'm so, that should be our promo video. Matt spills shit. Yeah, Jimmy, it's not good. Wow. It's nothing good about it. Wow. So well, thank you, Chris. Anyway, that just made me real. That made me literally, I will not hang myself it for was, another day. It was really, <laughs> I, did, I saved your life. He really, Jimmy, it was just, it was really, and it, it was really just idiotic on how it happened. Yeah. I didn't knock it over. Like I was literally balancing my espresso on that like an idiot child. <laughs> it just comes through. That's okay, buddy. No, just a guy walked in. Nice. I, I'm, I'm gonna cover. Is there shades for that thing? You know, I don't. We don't no. need them. I'm, I don't get that easily distracted. I mean, so, uh, and who does? Oh, you do. <laughs> but I'm, you know what it is? I'm, I'm, o, I'm ODD. ADD. Sorry. Are you ODD? Aid, n- n- yeah, ODD. You are. Yes. You're odd as a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, could you say? Like Jimmy, there you go. Um, I know I'm an I'm a little ADD too. Like people have always said, how come you could be on your phone sometime? It's not that I'm not listening. I'm listening to every word that's being said. It's it's a weird way I focus, and I'm not saying it's right. But I've written two books. Okay, the way I would write is I would go. I cannot have silence in the room. I would go to the comedy cellar. And I would write at a table away from everybody, but I would hear the background noise right. and I could talk to somebody and then I could go back. Like I like to just kind of fire it out when I feel it. And uh, my you, mind has to be kind of in two different places. But I'm not, it's not a good thing, but it's the only way my mind works. Do you like quiet? Like in the, when I'm alone at home? Sure I quiet? do. I do stand up. <laughs> <laughs> just a nice quiet yeah, hour. A nice quiet hour <laughs> of a fucking crickets. boring 50 year old. No, but don't you like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like in like in the background at home, like you have TV, you have music, you have stuff on, or not when I'm sleeping. You know, I do like a little bit of noise. I you don't understand how crazy I am. Like I, I this is true. I have, a, I have an idea. I walk around talking to myself yeah. a lot, um, just trying to work things out. It's a really <laughs> awful existence. It's horrible. <laughs> So we got some UFC news. Uh, yeah. We want. Well, I was actually going to call Mike Kiesa right now. Yeah, oh, give him a call. I call yeah. Mike. Let's talk to Michael. I want to ask him he about this. By Michael. He does go by Michael. And then I want to talk to Matt about thanks a lot for the scoop we didn't get. What scoop? Hmm. Huh? Yeah. Scoop? Al Justin. Al Justin. Is that a new um, rapper? Al Justin. Justin two first Ally names. Quinta. Oh, there's a fight coming up. Yeah, there is. Look at me. They call me the vault. They do. No, they, they actually All don't. right. Well, they we don't. got Michael Kiesa on the phone. Hello, Michael. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. You know, I, we, we're promoting the, obviously your your fight here, uh, July fourth. What's the date on the fight? Is it July seventh? July seventh. You fight, and you're finally fighting Pettis because it was scrapped from that Brooklyn card. And as much as that sucked that it happened, are, are, is a part of you psyched that you get to fight on this, which is one of the biggest cards of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love fighting in Las Vegas. I mean, it's like my home away from home. I've never lost when I've trained here. I've never lost when I fought here. Um, so I feel like I get home field advantage being out here in the desert. So. You know, it's good to be here, and, uh, you know, yeah, the glass is definitely half full. I'm excited to be back fighting in Las Vegas. And, hey, they don't have New York state taxes, so that's always good. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and you haven't fought. I think your last fight was against uh, Kevin Lee, right, that controversial stoppage by Mario Yamasaki? Yep. Um, How hard has it been to kind of live with that when when you know, like, I don't know how they sided against you. It was in Oklahoma when you went to the Athletic Commission to appeal. How how difficult was that to finally swallow and go, okay, this is the way it's just going to be? I, you know, I knew it was going to happen. That it, the odds of getting a, a, a result overturned is, you know, they're slim and none. There's been very few. So I kind of knew going into it that's what's, what was going to happen. But I hope for the best. You know, I, I'd hope that maybe they would go no contest and we would get an immediate rematch. But, you know, you, you can't dwell on it too much. Sure. You have to have a short-term memory in this sport, you know. So I just, just you know, once, once, the, once they had announced that, you know, the, the appeal was denied. You just got to move on. You know what I mean? And later on down the road, I think me and Kevin will definitely meet again. And, you know, it could be sooner than sooner than later. You know what I mean? I think a big win over Pettis. Um, you know, I don't see Kevin getting the next title shot. So I think a big win over Pettis could really set us up for a rematch. But, 
not focused on that, focusing on the task at hand. Sure, sure. And I'd be negligent if I didn't ask you because, again, you were scheduled on that Brooklyn card and then that whole thing happened on the bus. Now, there was a rumor I heard that did, did Connor's people come and offer you? I heard they came and offered you like a, half, uh, a few hundred thousand dollars and you wanted more and they said no. Um, and now there's, there's uh, so it didn't get resolved quickly. There's really nothing I can comment on it. Okay. You know what I mean? There's really... Is it because of pending litigation or possible pending litigation? No, it's just instruction for my manager just just to not talk about it. You know what I mean? It's just... just, There's a lot better things to focus on aside from that. You know what I mean? Well, okay. In the theme of that, then... I'm just doing as I'm told. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Uh, So if you don't want to talk about that, that's okay. Now, Pettis was offered the shot... Why are you taking my questions? No, I was. No, here's, here's what I was going to do. <laughs> Michael, hey, Pettis what's was, up? Pettis hey, was, on, what's here's up? Here's what I was going to say. Pettis was offered the shot. <laughs> now Matt has a question. <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I was so interested in asking that question. You should ask. You it, took yeah. all the steam out. Go ahead, ask it. All right. He's surprised you didn't take it. No. Listen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Mike. That night when that shit went down, let's say it was uh, you. You weren't hurt, and and and. and and you were offered that shot against Khabib. Is that is that a what would you what would you do if you were in that situation? Oh yeah, I would have said yes, one hundred percent. I mean, here's the thing: I when I first saw Khabib fight was UFC one forty eight here in Las Vegas, and I had just gotten an opponent from Joe Silva. He kind of gave me gave me gave me an idea of when I was going to be fighting, and. Uh, you know, I, I called him and said, "Hey, I don't want to fight this guy. I want to fight this Khabib guy because Khabib was like sixteen and zero, and I thought he looked like shit. You know what I mean? Granted, he's evolved. He's a much better fighter now. That was when he fought Glace and Tebow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So oh, he was yeah. still that was a close fight. You know, though. he was. Yeah, it was a very close fight. You know, so he wasn't as developed as he is now. But he's a guy I've always had my sights on. Um, you know, I think a lot of people in mixed martial arts are very intimidated by power grapplers. You know, a lot of people don't want to fight Kamaru Usman. A lot of people don't want to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov. It's, it's the power grapplers that kind of scare guys off. For me, those are the matchups that I welcome. So I've always kind of had my sights set on him. I've always thought I'd match up well against him. And, and uh, yeah, you know, I would have jumped in the pit 100%. Now, even if it wasn't the best of matchup, I, I just feel like this sport – you only get so many, like, well, every fight's an opportunity, but sometimes you get a huge opportunity. And even if it, if it's, I mean, listen, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Like I say, like, I, I that's why I say when you get an opportunity, you got to, I acquainted that bitch. I mean, Al jumped all over that sure. fucking thing. Now with Pettis, and I guess it's more of a question for him, but I, I was shocked that he didn't take that fight considering he was getting ready for you and, hey, Michael, I know you could strike, dude. Look at this. You could hit somebody from across yeah. the room with those fucking limbs. You're so long. But, you know, you're looking, you, you, you're great at strangling people. So he was getting ready. Pettis was getting ready to fight you, who's very dangerous with the rear naked with, and, and, and especially in, in the whole grappling realm. Uh, I was like shocked that he did not take that fight. I, I was shocked he didn't take the fight, too. And to me, that showed Pettis's trump card. He's. There's different fighters go through different stages in their career. Pettis had a great run as a champion, won the belt, made a title run. Since then, he's fallen off, and people have been talking about his resurgence, and he's hungry again. I don't buy it. I don't buy it because if Pettis was still hungry, he would have jumped at the opportunity to take that fight. Now, I, to my understanding, you know, it was it was a financial thing. You know, he they you know he he had made he was point one pound over for making making championship weight. But they stopped this cut because they didn't come to terms on a number. You probably asked for a lot of money. When it's like, you know, you should have just taken the chance and fought the guy. Not to mention Pettis has a good guard. I don't see why I don't I don't see why he didn't take the fight. You know, you're training for a grappler. You did a whole camp for a grappler. You Pettis has a good guard. He's got a you know, he's like a brown belt in jiu jitsu. It made no sense to me, but to me, it just showed it's like you know you're not you're not really in it for a championship run. You know you're you're you were more concerned about a paycheck than you were taking the opportunity to fight for the title again. And it's you know Pettis is a guy that if he shows up on fight night, he could beat anybody in the world if he shows up. He's a dynamic athlete. The guy can strike. The guy's got a ground game. He's very you know he he he's got finishing abilities. And it really surprised me he didn't take the fight, but I think it just kind of showed showed his trump cards as to where he's at in his career. 
And it's one of those things, too. And I've raised the the Jose Aldo Connor question quite a few times, uh, or point. Not again, not to question a fighter's heart, because I'm not questioning the the heart of Pettis or the heart of uh, Jose Aldo. But there are times when when you're in these divisions, especially the, it's, it's so competitive. If you get called, you almost have to take it because when do you think you're going to get this shot again? Like there's so many good fighters in that division. When, when is his shot going to come around again? And even though he was not training for Khabib, he was training for you. Khabib wasn't training for him either. Uh, you know, no. so oh, yeah. it, it, this kind of once in a while, those things happen where a guy is not training for you. And, uh, you know, you're not prepared for him either. So I thought that was a mistake. Unless he knew something that he, he wasn't saying or he had a, an injury or something he thought would have hurt him on the ground that he wasn't saying. I, I thought that was a, a big mistake. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's what, what else? Another thing that surprised me on a, on the same subject is, you know, paying attention to the media and the interviews coming out. You know, they're talking about like a big win over me, maybe one or two more fights and they're back in line for a title shot. And it's like, dude, Khabib's good chance he's still going to be champion then. And he's probably going to be better than he was when you could have fought him in April. You should have just fought the guy. You know what I mean? Like, you just a lot of things aren't adding up. Pieces aren't adding up. And but it, you know, it's you know, it is what it is. As Max Holloway would say, he didn't take the shot. My man, fifty grand, Ally Quinta went out there, fought his ass off on frick less than twenty four hours notice. You know, uh, I would have rather had Al get the shot anyways. You know what I mean? Al's deserving of. He's on a five fight win streak, four finishes a fucking animal so and what's weird about that and what's even more impressive is that he was getting ready for Felder uh, yeah it's more of a striker based uh, fighter you know what I mean nowhere near of what what you know a camp would have looked like if he was you know getting ready for a uh, a grappler like Khabib so that even made it more yeah, impressive yeah I agree well, you get opportunities. Well, listen, now your fight, though, with Anthony Pettis, I mean, he is a former champ. He was on the freaking Wheaties box. How does that extra motivation that you're fighting a former champion? Yeah, I mean, it is. This is the, uh, you know, I'm still been in this sport for 10 years, but I still got a lot of fight left in me. You know, I've only had 10 UFC fights. Uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is one of those fights where I get to measure myself. You know what I mean? I got to go out there and make a statement against Anthony this is a guy that's a former world champion, the guy that's been, you know, he was at the almost at the top of the heap in the pound, pound rankings for a while. So this is, you know, I got to go out there and capitalize on my opportunity and, and really put a beating on this guy. And, uh, you know, easier said than done. He's a tough guy. You know, he's not, he's no easy out for anybody. But, uh, you know, these are the type of fights I want. You know, I'm still, I'm more driven than ever to be a world champion. I've revamped my career training out here in Las Vegas. Um, you know, I've been at the P.I., two camps essentially now, even though it's been for the same fight, you know, I've been doing two camps at the PI, just really, I'm just on another level now. So I'm just really, this is a good fight to measure where I'm at and, uh, See how see how far I am from from getting that title shot. And what do you, what do you think about the division? I mean, obviously, Khabib is uh, you know Connor. They still have to see what happens by the time that gets announced. Who knows? I mean, he is still uh, you know the number one contender. But who do you think deserves that next shot? Because you have obviously Ferguson is out. We don't know when he's coming back. Uh, Alvarez and Poirier are going to fight. Uh, you got Kevin Lee, and of course Barboza uh, has already fought him. Um, so basically, you got Nate Diaz and and you know yourself, and you're fighting. Uh, Pettis, let's just say you win this fight. What, what do you think? Uh, who do you think is deserving of the next shot? You know, a it depends on Connor. We'll see what what goes on with him. You know, it could be. I've heard some rumors could be him and Khabib in October. That's a fight that makes sense given the circumstances. Um, but I think beyond that, it could be the winner of of Alvarez and Poirier. I thought I thought Poirier had done enough to to earn his shot. I think you know he's put his time in the company. He's got a lot of fights, a lot of wins under his belt. Um, He's young. He's hungry. I think you know. I thought he was going to get the title shot after his fight against Gaethje. But if Poirier wins that fight, you have to give the guy a title shot, no matter what. I mean, ever since the Michael Johnson fight, the guy has been rolling. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, that fight against Gaethje was was incredible, and I love Gaethje. Even even when he loses, he's still fun to watch. Oh yeah, he's he's very exciting. Now, who do you think? Now, again, I know you don't look ahead of a fighter. You got Pettis here. You know, there's no one you can't just walk through Anthony Pettis. If you win the fight, let's just say. Just for the sake of our chat, you win the fight. Who would you see yourself matched up with after that, considering uh, you know you, the Connor Khabib possibility and the fact that you fought Kevin Lee already? Who do you see yourself up against? I think it could be Kevin Lee. I think it could be Tony Ferguson. You know what I mean? I think, you know, I don't know Tony's timeline, timetable, but right. it could be me and Ferguson. Um, it could be me and Kevin. You know, there's a lot of options out there, but it's going to be somebody 
ranked in the top ten. You know what I mean? That that's it. Well, that fight you against know, Kevin, I think. I'm not. Oh, sorry, buddy. I think people want to see that rematch with Kevin anyway because of how the first one ended. It's like unfinished business. Yes. Yeah, it's got the hype. And hey, you know what? Like I said, Kevin and I have actually talked face to face. I see him around at the PI a lot. You know, I don't like the guy, but I got nothing but respect for him. As a competitor, the guy can fucking fight. Nobody can take that away from him. He's, sure. he's a hell of an athlete. He's just a douchebag. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, you know, we've, but we've spoken. We've spoken to each other, and, and yeah, you know, it's if if we rematch, when we rematch, if he beats me fair and square, so be it. You got me. That's the nature of the beast. You know what I mean? When you compete at the highest level, you're not going to go undefeated. So if he beats me fair and square, you know, it'll be tough, but I can live with that. But I just don't think that fight was going to play out the way that it ended. I want to run it back. You know, that's a good matchup for me, so... You know, and and like you guys said, it's got the hype. You know what I mean? That's a ma- that's a main event fight for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's let me ask you about the your analyst work. Now you just debuted on Fox Sports One on that Liverpool card as an analyst. How did you like that? How did you enjoy that experience? I had a blast. That's something I've been I've been looking forward to for a long time. Um, you know, I've been I've been pretty vocal about wanting to to get my shot as an analyst. I'm a stat guy. I love the sport. I'm always following it. Uh, who's, somebody said last night, some, uh, my old boxing coach I was talking to on the phone last night, and he called me a historian when it comes to mixed martial arts. So <sighs> I didn't know how to take that one because I'm not that old, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, either, but, uh, either is the sport. You know, I wanna, yeah, I want to test my knowledge. You know what I mean? I think a lot of guys get the opportunity more opportunities than others to be an analyst to get the chance to be, you know, a guest fighter as an analyst and they don't put the work in, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I, I studied a lot. I watched my film. I took my notes. I asked questions. I, you know, I, I called Jimmy Smith and asked for some tips. I was calling Shale, asking him for some tips. You know, I was, I was, you know, making sure I was really well prepared for that. I'm not just going to go in there and wing it. I mean, I spent, being in fight camp and having to study film and take notes, it was a pain in the butt, but I enjoyed the whole process. And, you know, I, you know, I know that things are coming to an end with Fox, but whether, whether it be now or later, I hope that somewhere along the lines, I, I land a gig with, with one of these, with one of these sports networks. Was it different at all than what you expected? I did it a couple of times. Personally, I don't like it. It's not for me. <laughs> I can't have the people in my ear rap or do this or that. And when I'm talking to somebody else, I can tell they don't give a shit. They're thinking about what they're thinking about. And I don't know. It's just a weird experience. And But you looked awesome at it. Now, was it was it different at all than what you expected? Would, you know, with the people in your ear and whatnot? That that was the only thing that I wasn't expecting. Having the people in your ear, I'm not trained for that. You know, I know yeah. that there's a lot yeah. of people that kind of get built they kind of get themselves built up until they get to that position. And uh, that's the only thing that kind of caught me off guard. Uh, the one thing I had going for me is a week prior to that, I had tried out for just randomly, I tried out for the color commentary position for the contender series. So I got a taste of having the earpiece in and, and things like that. So I had, you know, I had a little, I had, I got to experience that a little bit prior to the Liverpool card, but um you know, I liked it. I like, you know, I wanted to get into it more. I want to get some arguments with Mike Bisping and, and have some, you know, really test someone's knowledge. I want to sit up there with Dominic and Bisping and these guys and kind of go at it. You know what I mean? That's what I like to see. It's like when, when, when Dominic and DC got into it that one time after the Jeremy Stevens fight. I loved that. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that's the kind of stuff I want to get into. I want to, I want to be live on TV getting my knowledge tested against a veteran and you know, those kinds of things, they just sound fun to me. So would you, now would you watch fights and keep the volume off and just kind of practice announcing them? No, that's just, some people's ask, like, do you practice? I'm like, no, I'm not going to practice. What if my girlfriend walks in the room and the, the volume's off and I'm in here like, oh, Austin Arnett with a big right hand, blah, 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 like start saying stuff like that. Like, yeah. she's going to take the, She's going to take the dog and flee. She's going to think I'm a basket case. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You don't want to get caught. But I just, I've, I've, uh, I've watched people do that. Like, I did some Tonight Show sketch a while ago, and they were having guys audition to analyze college sports. And it's very difficult to live call a fight because you have to know exactly when to talk, when to let the action speak. It's not as easy as people think. It's not just talking about something you like. There is an art to it, and there is like, okay, you got to know to say this. You got to know to back off. I mean, there's a, it's a real skill. Yeah, I agree. And I, th- I think fighting is just different. You know what I mean? When you're, when you've got like, when you watch like a college sports or any sports, there's so much more numbers involved. Like I feel like the, the analyst for 
college sports or professional sports outside of mixed martial arts, like you kind of do have to talk all the time. You got to know all these crazy stats and this and that. Whereas, whereas MMA, it's such a feel thing. You're watching a fight and you're, you're commentating a fight. It's a feel, you know what I mean? You don't have to talk. Sometimes it's best. Everyone just shuts up and lets the fight unfold. You know what I mean? Whereas like, you watch other sports games, they, they, they don't shut up. They don't stop talking, and that's because they kind of have to. You got, they kind of got to keep the ball rolling, even during, you know, a boring series for baseball or something. The guys are kind of still talking, still spitting out numbers, still spitting out facts, where when when you're commentating a fight, you know, you're not sitting there crunching numbers. That's, that's up to the analyst. That's the post-fight show, pre-fight show stuff. Commentating a fight, you got, it's, it's more of a passion thing. It's, you got to know, it's more about knowing moves, knowing the sport than it is about like knowing the numbers and the stats. Well, you know, during baseball games, you'll have a, uh, you know, a guy intentionally walking somebody or you'll have a uh, pitching change being made or just a boring fucking, uh, and that bet guy keeps fouling the ball off and they start telling personal stories. The kind of, like, Phil Rizzuto used to always do that for Yankee games. He's like, yeah, my wife, Cora. And he'd go off on some fucking horrible story and people were like, oh, shut up, Phil. But I mean, it was one of those things where there was nothing happening in the game, so they just have to keep some kind of sound because there's no sound with baseball. Really. You know, at least with fighting, you can just kind of sit there and watch something interesting happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and fighting's fun, too. Like, I, I've always enjoyed listening. That's one thing I like about Rogan is he'll take the dull time when, the, when there's a fight that's not necessarily the most exciting fight. Somehow Rogan will find a way to take that dead time and make it kind of live, you know what I mean? Make it kind of funny and, and say some quirky things, but it's definitely a feel thing for sure. I think Joe's the best announcer in sports. I, I really do. Baseball, football, or anything like that. I, because there's so many also complex things in jiu-jitsu and so many uh, like things to anticipate. And watching Joe analyze and anticipate what needs to happen even if you don't know jujitsu, which I don't, uh, I just he, he explains it very well for people who don't know jujitsu. He explains what's happening, what the guy's trying to do, uh, and again, he, he doesn't get overly complicated with it. He explains it well enough where you don't have to be an expert to follow it and to enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. And you know, he's also he has his background with kickboxing, so he has some knowledge, uh, you know, when it comes to the stand-up realm. And another guy that is is going to be has a great career in commentating going forward. Is actually Pettis' teammate Paul Felder. I think yep. I think Felder's freaking awesome. I mean, he's, he he had spent time doing. You know, he's done a lot of acting classes. I think he acted in college. He did, and, yeah. You know, he's very comfortable on the mic. He does good. Like you know, when he's in the Octagon interview, he does, he does a really good job. He's well versed in his skills. Like you know, he can. Given that he's more of a stri- more of a striker, he can speak well about wrestling and jiu-jitsu. He has good cardinal knowledge of the sport. Um, but I think I think Felder's great. I think he's 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 one of the guys that's going to be part of the future in, in calling fights. Yeah, I agree, and uh, we're looking forward to your uh, your finally your fight with Pettis. I'm glad it's happening. It's on uh, it's on the main card, of course, of 226 Miocic versus Cormier, which that whole card is absolutely incredible. And Gano Lewis, Holloway, Ortega. I mean, this is not a bad fight. You and Pettis, and then uh, of course I cannot read that because I'm going blind. Uh, Stipe and uh, DC. No, yeah. no, 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 the first fight. Oh, Gokansaki and Khalil Roundtree, which yeah, be a, which is the yeah, good, good light heavyweight fight. Yeah. Yo, uh, Michael, what's your take on DC versus Stipe? My take on DC versus Stipe: yeah. You got the baddest man on the planet, Stipe Miocic, four title defenses, who holds the record in the UFC for heavyweight title defenses, and you know as well as I do, that's a hard title to defend. You take two guys, two hundred and fifty plus pounds slang and leather against each other. It's hard to come out the same victor every time. Yep. Stipe Miocic is time and time again proving that he is the baddest man on the planet. But you got Daniel Cormier, my man DC, never lost a fight at heavyweight. Yes. Strike Force heavyweight Grand Prix champion. Left heavyweight, I think it was 2012, was when he deviated from heavyweight, came down to light heavyweight. And I've talked to a lot of people. DC's had a lot of tough cuts. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a stout, sturdy southern boy. That you know he he's he's a dense guy and he has these tough weight cuts to make 205, and he still has the gas in the tank to have these awesome five round fights with Alexander Gustafson, John Jones, you know you name it. And he you know aside from the John Jones fights, he's always come out the victory light heavyweight. I think this is going to be the best version of Daniel Cormier we've seen yet. He's all you know he he's still young in the sport. He got in the sport when he's in his 30s. He's still young in the sport at 39 years old. I think that this is going to be the best version of we've, we've seen to date. His skills have grown so much since his time when he was a heavyweight before. You know, it's been six years. So I think that 
he's going to, this is going to be the best version of himself and have him not having to cut weight and still working with the Lockhart and Lee nutritionist crew. I mean, he, I think that his cardio is going to be through the roof. His skills are better than they've ever been before. And I think that, uh, you know, the stars are aligning for him to be a two-time champion. It's crazy. Yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot, you know, actually I was, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was, um, during dinner, uh, we were watching. It was the uh, best of the UFC or something, and it was just it was um, Daniel Cormier fighting uh, Darren Henderson, oh. and it's definitely not the same kind of matchup <laughs> no. at all. But I'm just watching him like rag the whole woman. Daniel and um, Henderson's trying to get up. He kicks his leg out. He's just really skillful with the wrestling, and it got me thinking like, who has who has Stipe fought? Like I know Daniel at heavyweight, which he is undefeated, like you were saying, Michael. He's fought a lot of guys. I'm listen. I'm not saying like Stipe, but he fought. He fought a lot more guys like Stipe, big and powerful, who hit hard. Then I'm going to say Stipe fought like Daniel. How many wrestlers with a wrestling background? Like first of all, not a lot of people have a wrestling background like Daniel Cormier at all. Uh, who no. has he fought with a wrestling background? Chris Producer, maybe you can look up there. DC, you're saying or not, no, yeah, Stipe. Oh, no, Stipe. Who has he fought lately? Look, look at his list. Five or six fights. Yeah, I mean, it's Ngannou, uh, JDS, uh, Overeem, Verdum. I mean, Verdum's a grappler, not a wrestler. But, well, well essentially, know. there's nobody because, and here's the other thing, Stipe's a wrestler himself. He's a, he's a Division One two-sport athlete. He played baseball and he wrestled. Yes. So, you know, essentially, he's he's been the wrestler. You know what I mean? So this is going to be the first time we've seen in Stipe's career. Mm, it's very, yeah. wrestling. His wrestling chops are going to be challenged by probably the greatest wrestler in mixed martial arts next to Henry Cejudo. You know what I mean? And wow, that's a good point. I, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking that, you know what, the way to, the fact he's been fighting heavyweights, but you're right. I, I they, he's never fought a wrestler as good as Cormier. And Cormier has fought strikers as good as Stipe. And, and it's, and sometimes the it's, other night, the other night I was thinking of, uh, I was thinking of dream matchups. I was in my, I was in my, in my little wicked brain thinking of like, you know, what if the pound for pound, what would be the pound for pound most exciting fight? And I was thinking Daniel Cormier versus Mighty Mouse. If they were the same size, think of what kind of fight that would be. I think it'd be a great fight now. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, given the sizes, I think it'd still be a good competitive fight. Yeah, because uh, Demetrius does every single thing yeah. well. He does everything well. Perfect. Then again, so does Cormier. What does Cormier? Does, there's nothing he doesn't do well but, either. But I don't know what the reach is, difference is here. But like, it doesn't. In, in Stipe has, I think, eight inches. On yeah, that. but but the thing is this: it's different it when. Uh, Daniel, I, I know what it's like to be like the short, stocky guy in like a division like that when you're up to everybody's nipples. Sure. Uh, it's hard. It looks like it's an, you know, he's got the reach on him. But, you know, DC's like a little ball, man. And he's got those overhands. So it's like, it looks like he'd be just easier to hit because you look at the um, the length, but the reach. But it's, I'm telling you, it, it's a different thing in there where he's used to those bigger targets too. I mean, not that he's going to be small, but he's going to be shorter for sure. So a lot of strikes. Daniel, be, go ahead. I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. I'll say it's very reminiscent of Fedor Emelianenko. Yes, same no, type true. of build. Overhand punches really gets inside. You know, you've seen what he's done with guys like Josh Barnett and like just yeah. different guys and uh, the big, strong, powerful guys. You know, he's dealt with different grapplers as well. Like you know, I mean. Ah, it's rough because I'm friends with Stipe. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's a so very, I'm trying to be impartial. But it's really hard to choose I, against Stipe, though. It's hard to choose against, like you said, the four-time four defenses. It's very hard to pick against Stipe, too, because he's a really smart fighter, and he always he seems to fight you the way he has to fight you to beat you. I mean, he was, you know, he was, uh, you know, un, un, unimpressed or unintimidated by uh, Verdum's uh, jujitsu. He didn't seem concerned about that at all. Well, he caught him. Even he did in. catch no, him I mean, all that. He caught him early. Yeah. Stipe, did, Stipe did it right. Stipe wrestled in college. And then I, if I'm correct, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, before he got into mixed martial arts, which he knew he was going to do, once he got out of college, he, he won a Golden Gloves title of boxing before he put the two together and went into MMA. So, I mean, essentially, he's like one of the most well-rounded, you know, perfected fighters. I mean, not many guys do that. Most guys get out of college and just jump into mixed martial arts. I mean, this guy made sure that he had the bases covered before he, he began competing in MMA. It's gonna, it's gonna be an amazing fight. It, it, it's, I, this whole I car can't. and everyone, we haven't really talked about Holloway Ortega. Like, what an incredible fucking car this is gonna be. And look, congratulations, Michael, for being on. Again, I know it's not how you intended it to be, but you're obviously ready to fight now. And it's you against Anthony Pettis on the main card of a uh, 226. Man, we're fans and we're we're pulling for you. Not that we don't like Pettis, but 
I would like to see you get your shot. And uh, so c- congratulations on getting on this card, buddy. Yeah, Michael. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I'm just ready to get this fight over with so I can eat some pasta. Oh, <laughs> shit, Mike. Four, four I'm with Dude, you, I'm buddy. Dude, 16 weeks of camp this year. I'm ready Ooh. for some freaking carbs. I need some pasta. I need some pizza. I need some bread. I'm going to have some. I'm having some for you today. I know you can. Just feel, make that, that should make you feel a little better, though, that I'll be enjoying it for you, Michael. Yeah, please do. That'll make me feel a lot better. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you again, Michael. Uh, see you soon, buddy. Good luck, okay? Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Later, bro. He's a really good guy. I always like running into him. He's got a very good energy about him. Support for UFC Unfiltered comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash unfiltered. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS. Consumeraccess.org. Number 33. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's Pull Up podcast. Very special mini post-Game 7 episode of Pull Up, an epic Game 7 in Denver. 37 points, back-to-back, essentially close-out buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power, and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph. And a lot of transitions. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to pull up. Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for a free You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com slash sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's, it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. Okay, you couldn't, you didn't want to tell us about uh, Iaquinta Gaethje. Come again? Um, I said you didn't want to tell us about Iaquinta Gaethje. Something I didn't want to tell no, you. No, I understand. Not even your good friend, Jim. However, how about you just give me a wink about uh, Weidman uh, or Gastelum? What? Well, they're going back and forth on Twitter. Tell me. I don't dude, I'm not even on Twitter. Tell me. Give me some gossip, please. Give me what? Can you get me in the... Why are you guys both looking at each other? Who's going to read it? Oh, well, no, that no, yeah. well, Gaslam called him crispy. Um, which is that know. like something that bothers Chris? Like, is that something that you know of? He called crispy? him crispy. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Uh, he yeah. called him crispy. He said, if your argument for consideration for a title shot is based upon being the most decorated, then Whitaker should fight the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center this fall. And Weidman responded, crispy, now it's personal. My argument is simple. I'm ranked ahead of you, and I finished you in my last fight. Both facts. Yes, he did. I'm confused by crispy. I'm confused by, I don't get it. I don't either. I don't get it. I honestly don't either. Is he sunburn? Don't know. 
crispy. It's not a really good insult. Yeah. What may- do you think it means? Quickly. Uh, maybe it's like, um, you, might you know, like I'm salty, text, te- like that type of thing. You know what I mean? Give me no. the fucking thing. Let me text Wyman, please. Yeah, ask him why. This is where we go. I'm just going to say, what does... Yeah. What and by the way, is he done mean? acting now? Kevin's show is not on the air anymore. Is, is Chris finished acting? Oh, boy. I'm not fucking with what I'm shit saying. On, shit on Kevin's show. Not shit on Kevin's show. It's not on the air. It's a fact. <laughs> what, there's another show that I wasn't on? Uh, no, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> but they brought back Leah Remini and it still didn't. You know what it is? People might have just... People get sick of people, but not for because they don't like you. They've just seen you a lot. Yeah. You do $100 million movies. Well, it's also... A, I think it's kind of a weird era now for like a straight sitcom like that. I want to play the wacky neighbor in a sitcom where there's a little boy and he's the really sharp one and he gives everybody the business and I walk in and I say something nuts. (laughs) Yeah, and then the kid corrects you and you're like, oh, I'm getting out of here. (laughs) That's my thing. I just go like an old man. (laughs) About what? You know how you can do two things at once? Yeah, you can't. No. (laughs) Hey, how are you? You're fucking around. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just waved at an empty window to make Matt forget who he was texting. <laughs> yeah, see what he said about the crispy. I don't understand. Maybe he can call in. Get, get, like, uh, I don't want to call him crispy because he might hate it. Yeah, well, he, I, I mean, he... Unless he was joking when he goes, now it's personal. Like, he put, like, you know, like one of the little emojis or whatever. But but I don't know if that's, like, a reference to something in particular or Gaslam was just messing with him. But Well, um, listen, all comebacks can't be, you know... Crazy good right. or attacks. I don't know. Did he attack first? Kate Crispy? I don't know. I don't get the Crispy joke. I don't either. But Kelvin got yeah. every one of my jokes when I did my stand up right. at the Laugh Factory on Dana White looking for a fight. It was fucking glorious. I'm rooting for Kelvin. No, I'm not. I can't do that. I can't. No, no, no. Sorry. Wyman's my guy. I'm only joking. Now, look, uh, Dana said last week that Brock has expressed interest in fighting Jones. Ooh. That's a huge heavyweight fight. But we don't know if Jones can fight. Yeah, we don't know. What's Why are we going on talking about this? Still. You know what, what's with the odds? Uh, Jones is a big underdog. No, Jones is the favorite there, minus three fifty. Oh, he's minus three fifty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ, I read that completely wrong. Oh, um, I'd watch it, but what's that? I'd watch it. No, no, I just, I just, I misread I, I, the heavyweight champion by a pretty wide margin. Okay, he's, th- he's uh, minus three. Yeah, Brock plus two sixty. That's a little. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean that's. Inter- I mean I don't know, man. Brock is a. Big boy, obviously. John Jones is a John's is a, a big dude too. He's got a lot of reach, and extremely but. skilled. But but Brock, if Brock gets, it will literally charge him and put him up against the fence, and can somehow get him on the ground. And I do think Brock will at one point be able to put him down. Right. And Jones is such a skilled. <clears throat> Jones is such a great fighter and such a skilled fighter. But I'm telling you, Brock is such a solid wrestler. He, he can put if he can put you on the ground. He can't look. He, he had a hard time with Carwin, uh, and, you know, because Carwin gas Overeem. Yeah, yeah Kane. I'm 100 percent, dude. I'm not saying he can't be beaten, but I'm just saying that he can get you and put you on the ground. Um, you know, and, and and not for nothing. I mean, I seen John Jones jump to triangles before. You know what I mean? Right. At the end of the rounds, it's not like he doesn't have a guard, and he. I think he. Pretty sure he submitted Dan Henderson in a grappling match, which is no easy task. No, I know, but Henderson's not Brock size wise. Yeah, well, uh-huh. right. But is, the other interesting know, thing to he see is what, his fight IQ is fucking much better. Ten times. Yeah. I don't know who I'd take in that fight, man. I really don't. Oh. Jones or Brock, because Brock <laughs> is such a tank. I would want to see Jones win it, but I mean, Brock is such a fucking tank. Well, and John Jones, a heavier John Jones too, is a totally different animal. I mean, if John Jones walks in at two, you know, whatever, two thirty-five, something like that. Like that's a big. Big guy. Yeah, Brock is yeah. two sixty. Yeah, he's got a cut to two sixty five. Yeah, much, he's yeah. a massive guy. But again, <laughs> neither one has been fighting uh, in the octagon. So he'd have a chance, kind of like you know, if he got, if Jones got cocky, it'd be, I'd put it the. I wonder what fighter it would might like like it could uh, remind me of it. It could go this way. Uh, remember when the Red Viper fought the Mountain? Yeah, Jimmy, in Game of Thrones. Do you remember that? Remember that he got his head crushed. He was winning. The Red Viper was winning. What oh, he was winning, Jimmy. What season was he that? was bouncing around, and he's like, what was he saying? Oh, okay. Yes, and I do was, remember he that. Saying and then he grabbed him and put him on the ground. Yeah, and he, and he got him. He's like, oh, no, no. don't. I want you to confess and tell me who put you up to it. And then you know, he wanted him to say that it was Tywin. That put him up to it. And then he crushed his head. Yeah. That guy's name is, he was also in um, Narcos. Is it Pablo Pascal's name? I think uh, so. I he's think you're right. Yes. He's good, that guy. Great, man. That was an excellent season. Yeah. It's not coming back till 2019. What? Game of Thrones? Yeah. That's depressing me now. I go back, I watch, I watch clips of it on YouTube. 
Dude. Let's get back to fights. Yeah, uh, cool. Well, we didn't. T- so we kind of like hinted at it, but we didn't really talk about it. Ally Quinta and Justin Gaethje Justin is Gaethje. official. When is that? That is the main event uh, in Le- Lincoln, Nebraska on Saturday, August 25th. It's like I'm going to Nebraska. You're going to Nebraska. That's right. Are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, I'm looking forward to any time Raging Al gets in that cage. Yeah, against a guy like Gaethje. That is a very, very fun fight. I still want to see Al against uh, Paul Felder. Yeah, maybe down the Al road now. Anybody? What's the rankings for uh, Al and for uh, for Allen for Justin? Because Justin's lost two straight uh, fights. It's, it's uh, Gaethje's <coughs> number seven and Al's number ten. Very close. Yeah. So if, if Al wins that fight, and Justin's extremely tough, but I think Al will be happy to be fighting a, a slugger. You know, a guy who's going to stand there and punch and kick and. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. Well, here's the thing: you think you know what you're going to get. You do. But so many people have talked about Gaethje now after the last two fights, wars against Alvarez and Poirier. That he lost, but everybody goes, he's got wrestling. Why doesn't he use some of that wrestling? You don't know. Maybe he's going to mix that in. But Eddie has wrestling, too. Though, Chances so are these are the guy. You know, these two are just going to uh, slug it out. But Gaethje does have wrestling, so that's like an X factor in that uh, Jimmy, scenario. Jimmy, well, the X factor. I mean, well, Al has wrestling, too, though. No, but I'm saying yeah. in terms of maybe he u- mixes that in if you're not expecting that, whatever. But, of course, Al can wrestle, yeah. Is he waiting for his 80th fight to add in a double leg? You know, I, know. I don't think he's used, he uses it to, like, anti-wrestle. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but still, um, he'll, be, he'll be very happy to be fighting, I'm sure. Some, again, not that Gage is easy. Gage, even in his losses, I would still put him in the main event any time. The no, guy's a no, fucking yeah. savage. No, he's easy. He's, he's the one guy who lived up to the hype. He, he didn't win every fight, but God damn, is he fun to watch. Yeah. Justin Gaethje is yeah. a brutal, uh, one of my favorites. I, I, you, as you know, as everyone knows, Jim Norton enjoys a good leg kicker. You do enjoy Whoa, that, Jimmy. I love that. You do love that. Fucking Barboza. Yep. I love when Aldo would do it, and he just stopped doing it. Uh, and, and I love watching Justin Gaethje. The, the fucking slap of those, oh, God, is that unpleasant. A good you can add like kick. a meme to that, like, but it, it, they have to have like. It's <laughs> bad. This Go ahead. Be a good joke. Do a joke. I have. Because you know, where's Aldo? Oh no, wait. Where's Waldo? Never. <laughs> you could be what? like. I was gonna go like, where's no, 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 Aldo? No, 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 that's good. Leg kicks. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Yeah, that's really good. Hey, where's Aldo? Okay. <laughs> we, oh, you were saying where's Aldo? Okay. Where's Aldo? <laughs> leg kicks. Nah, I guess it did. It was playing out in my head better than it really was. Well, that was like Max Holly called him Jose Waldo. <laughs> He's trying to find him. Uh, find Jimmy, him. Jimmy. Yeah. This is like my this is my bombing. No, come on, no. you're doing great. What do you think now? Tell me. Now I just got a thing. I want to get Max Holloway in here. Uh, That's what you wanted to say? He will be in studio at the end of June. Oh, is he really? He He's, will. He is coming in. Okay. Yes. Like That's what him. I want. Which is awesome. I love Max. Uh but man, Brian Ortega is a fucking. That's a great fight. That's gonna be a fun. Ooh, is that fight. a good fight? Yeah, you can watch that fight ten times and it'll still be fun every time. That's gonna be great. Yeah, Coleman. That's events. gonna be interesting. Very interesting. I, I really like. And Ngannou Lewis, who doesn't want to see that? You know what I like yeah. though. I like Brian Ortega's coach James. Yeah, I liked him too. The boxing coach. Yeah, James. I was fucking we like James. The guy who surfs with training wheels. Is that what? It, <laughs> no, no, that was his. That was oh, Ed. the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that James and Brian were goofing on Ed for oh, surfing. Oh my god! Oh, that's right, Ed Suarez, right? Yeah, Ed yeah, Suarez. Yeah. That made me happy. He's like, no, everybody's doing it like this. They're and like, James, ah. I'm just looking at James, and he's like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but they have, they have, they have fun together, and uh, and fucking Ngannou. What do you think about Ngannou Lewis? I mean, again, I know the fights are oh, ways off. Did you but, see on that that you know they got that punching machine? He yeah, Derek Lewis. It's touched Matt's Tell finger. Tell people what you just did. I just tickled Matt's finger. <laughs> Why'd you do that? No reason for hanging out. weird. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you like cupped it. Yeah, I know. It was hanging out. What, um, what, what thing? Matt? He was on the Fox tonight. No, what was it? What was it? Fox? What was he on? Uh, I don't know. Is it uh, the, UFC, the Fox show? UFC tonight. The UFC yeah, tonight. Fox, That's right. Yeah. UFC tonight. And uh, they, were, they had the punching machine on there. And I think, I think Daniel Cormier, Cormier had the record. Is that true? Uh, I'm checking right now. I, I remember seeing that Lewis broke the record. I don't. I yeah. don't know if if who so had Derek it. So Derek Lewis. Yeah. Jimmy. You see, you're going for Derek Lewis. No. <laughs> you can't do two things at once. Sure Derek Lewis holds the record for the hardest punch. You know on does, that machine. Yeah. I mean, look, Derek Lewis. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's amazing, but. Uh, is it Did Ngannou hit? But it, with, with this fight, is it going to be who hits who first? <laughs> who lands the first clean shot first? Honestly, yeah. But either one of those guys be- could knock each other out. But I was very impressed with Ngannou. Even though he was so tired against Stipe, he didn't get put away. I mean, he's he's really, uh, you know, and, and he admitted, hey, my game's got to need some work, but he's fighting a guy now 
who uh, will probably stand up there and bang with him. Man. Do you think that fight goes the distance? Then we never thought fucking Ponzinibbio or Perry would go the distance, and yeah, it did. But which one of these guys is it backing up? I, I was going to say, if it goes the distance, they're just going to be sitting on the canvas just waiting for the time to run out. I, Both I just of don't. these guys, look, dude, first of all, this is a three-round fight, yeah. not a five-round fight. Right. Both of these guys are aware that the other guy could take their jaw off. Sometimes these fights, as you know... The first round's a little feeling out process because neither one of these guys wants to fucking make a mistake and get fucking dropped in the first round. I'm taking Derek Lewis. Okay. I'm taking Derek Lewis. That's who I'm picking. The Black Beast. Who is Derek Go Lewis ahead. lost to? Go right? ahead. And don't lie or I'll know. I'm taking him. Okay, why, why, why are you taking Derek Lewis? Why? Yeah. This is why. I feel that Francis... When he lost that fight to Stipe, he said he underestimated him. He admitted that he, but he admitted most guys, guys have done that, but they don't usually admit it. But wait, why would you underestimate? Uh, how many? What was he five stopping? He had five stoppages in a row, or five? Well, had, and that was his fourth defense. That was, no, no, it was his fourth defense. Yeah, um, he broke the record. I, I, okay, yeah. and and you're underestimating him. So so now language barrier or not? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that Francis, was the, that, I'm sorry. That was the third defense. Uh, we don't need a translator for that. That was the third defense. He's the going for Oh, I apologize. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you're underestimating the champion of the world. There's something wrong with that. So by him doing that, is he going to underestimate the the, 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 um, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis? Is he? Is he going to feel he's on the Is he, you know, he'll believe, probably, is he so psyched, uh, believing in his, uh, his own hype? That he feels that he's going to go right through him and just get another shot at Stipe? He may never make that mistake again. Like, that may be a mistake he never makes again. Uh, because, again, he just said something, like a mistake other fighters, I'm sure, have made. He just said it, whereas he probably was not... What he underestimated, he didn't, I'm sure he didn't understand how hard Stipe hits. or how, But the fact that Stipe's a smaller guy, less reach, and he probably underestimated Stipe's, uh, Stipe's uh, uh, fight IQ and the ability to figure out a way to beat a guy like that and wear him down with that wrestling and press him up against the cage... He might have uh, underestimated Stipe's ability to take a punch, too. Because right. Stipe got hurt by him, but not enough to finish him. I mean, but he, there was a couple of times you could tell he was, he felt Ngano hit him. He was staggered. So maybe he underestimated Stipe's intelligence in, in, in the cage, too. And just the ability Stipe would have to keep him, to, to put his weight on him. And that was such a smart thing to do. And, and Stipe's like, oh, you know how Stipe talks about camera, like, best coaches in the world. Like, he loves his fucking yeah. coaches and that's why. Because yeah. they probably said, press on this motherfucker and let keep him bent <laughs> over. Do not let him stand up and he'll get tired. Yeah. And it worked. Well, and now Nganu, by the way, like I, I guess I read it a while ago, but he was, there was some video of him training with John Wood at Syndicate MMA. So now he, maybe he's moved camps a little bit or he's working with some different people working yeah. on different things. So, which is good. I mean, he's still very young in the in the sport. Yeah, uh, dude, when you're that, knocking you know. guys out left and right, it's it, you know, I'm sure you you make that mistake along the way. You think you're just going to knock everybody out and then you come up against a fucking a fucking animal like Stepe and you're right. like, "Ugh, this guy is a lot." What did Cormier say to Uzdemir? I mean, Uzdemir's a, it seems to be a better fighter than that. Yeah. There's levels to this thing and, and yeah. uh, oh, man, is that a dominant <laughs> awful beating. Yes. Well, hey, an listen, awful beating. All I know is Derek Lewis is coming. I, I love Derek Lewis. I, I I don't know who to root for because I really like both of these guys so much. Right. Um, now listen. I don't know who to root DC against fucking. Uh, it's hard. It's, there's four guys who I love fighting each. It's I I can't pick against any of them. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. We're, I think yeah. we're gonna have to. What other uh, news do we got, pal? Uh, well, we should mention Conor McGregor was in Brooklyn last week for the first time since UFC 223. Why did he come through? We get a slice. Yeah, I call. He didn't answer. It was weird. Um, but anyway, he was in court briefly, and they just scheduled his next hearing, which is July 26th. And Dana was talking to TMZ, and he said that he was going to meet with Connor on the 18th, which is the day we're recording. So if you're hearing this, it happened yesterday. So who knows what will come of that? But, you know, Connor's in court again. Connor got pushed back. This is what the legal system does. I wonder if that was Connor's request or is that them pushing it back? Sometimes they're, they're work because they're working on a, uh, some kind of plea deal or whatever. So I think they want it. Connor's. T- I think it was mutual. Connor's team wanted a, a okay. little extra time to work on. Yeah, it. I mean these because a lot of times they just jerk you off and push you through the system. Who right. does that? The uh, you know the uh, where can the, I go for that? Oh, not that kind. Okay, but I will tell you where you can go. Yeah, I'm a married man. Happily, I do it. But you know what I mean? What's they up? they push you through the system and they just kind of make you sweat a little bit because they know you're not going to go. He's not going to go to jail for that. 
Probably. Not. No, 100% not. Like First offense. And he was literally, part of it was being a dick and being aggressive. Part of it was caught up in the moment of hyping himself. You know, it was a combination of things. And um, he just went way too far and fucked up terribly. Yeah. I get, uh, sometimes I, I, I think and I think like I'm too harsh on certain on certain people over certain things. That was totally wrong of what Connor did. But I'm looking at it through even, you know, slightly immature, 44-year-old. But, you know, I have a lot of life experience. Sure. When I was in my late 20s, which Connor probably is now, right? 29? Yeah, he's 29. Yeah, and, you know, I was I had a way quicker fuse. And you're, you're looking at it through different eyes, you know? Not to mention... I didn't have all the, the the power and the and the popularity that he has, so I disagree. You still do. Oh no, no, I'm a stud. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I made my name now. I, I shocked the world, but that's not the point, Jimmy. Okay. About all that stuff. Well, I'm, you were saying before the show that you carried Dana White looking for a fight, pretty well, much. You know. Listen, that was for off air. Yeah, but um, <laughs> fucking Chris, <there's, laughs> and he says it with his dry humor, where people are really get. I'm completely kidding. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, my back hurts from carrying Dana and Dean all week. <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, my point is, I don't know. Maybe uh, I, it's not right what Connor did with that whole situation. Sure. But I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I, can, I, I think I'm a little... Uh, Harsh, harsh. Well, he might only have, because he's a human dude, and I had a nice, I had a, a nice back and forth. Uh, with what Bob. happened? Somebody said Connor likes Matt. No, this what has nothing happened? to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, the guy probably hates me. No, how but, could um, he? No, but you know, I had a nice interaction with his coach uh, Kavanaugh recently. Yeah, John Kavanaugh. Did I tell you that already? No. Well, no. Well, he took care of Aljo when he was out, and right. um, when he was out in Ireland, and he really took care of Aljo. Like Aljo told me, like Matt. You know, he made sure I had like a guy and he did, you know, he treated me great at the gym. And, oh, that's great. And Aljo's, you know, a good dude and he's my guy, you know. So, you know, I gave him a message. I gave Kevin or a message on uh, on Instagram, you know, thanking him. Yeah, you know, hey, man, sure. Thanks for looking out. Let him know if his guys ever come through my way, the doors were always open and whatnot. And then he, and I wasn't going to put this on the podcast, but it was very nice. And it was, it shows how old I am. But it's so funny what kind of small world this is. Um, he said, uh, you, know, what, you know what he said? He said, uh, he goes, you know, I went to my, I went to your seminar in London 15 years ago. Wow. And I still use material today from what I got from there. And I'm like, fuck, man, holy shit. And that was right before I fought BJ Penn. So this was ages ago. But it's just, I've, you know, listen. They all my love My first Matt. time in London. But it was just, listen. So my thing is, I could tell this, that guy's a really good guy, that Kavanaugh. Sure. And you don't align yourself with douchebags. So I'm sure Connor's not a douchebag. I'm sure he's... No, dude, he's just you know? fucking... He's a promoter. I'm sure he's, he's a an guy. arrogant promoter, and he's good. I mean, yeah. it, it almost... The, the way... The, the sideshow, yeah. a lot of times, I think, un, kind of undermines how good of a fighter he actually is. No, well, listen, he's a great, yeah, he's a great I, fighter. I completely agree. You do, right? He's, yes. a, he's a loyal, a loyal <laughs> guy. It was 100% wrong to throw that dolly and yeah. then the, the, the stuff he could have done. Just like... When, hey, listen, everything I had a beef with, I still stand by... But, you know, I think he's going to be looking through this. I think when he gets a little bit older, too, he'll say, all right, man, I could have, you know, everybody's going to make fucking mistakes. Is what right. I'm saying. And for a young guy to have all that power, I think it's something that he has to work through. But that's yes. all I wanted to say. I don't even know why I got into that. Yes. But I feel good about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. When <laughs> like someone takes care of your session. guy, Dennis Miller uh, had a joke many years ago. He said, I'm always bummed, something about I'm, I'm very bothered when I find out a guy I don't like doesn't like me either. And it was some observation. That's made. actually funny. It was very funny, but it's really true. Like when you find out someone doesn't like you, even if you hate them, it annoys you. It's just the opposite with, hey man, there's a guy, maybe it was Larry David said, it's hard for me not to like someone who's paid me a compliment. Right. Like if you know someone likes you and says nice things about you, it's kind of hard without a really good reason to dislike oh, that yeah, person. Oh yeah, man. No, that's true. I'm going to tinkle. What do you think of that? Well, come finish up. I'm gonna um, well, why I, don't we? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I'm gonna pee. All right. Oh no, he the Christian producer doesn't want you to pee. All right, we're back. I took a leak, and before we came back, we were listening, and I want to play the audio, but Chris said we don't have the right to. Adam Hunter, and it is the comedian Adam Hunter, right? Yeah, we know. Yeah, Adam, I yeah. like Adam. I thought so. He's a buddy of mine. I love Adam Hunter. Actually, I'm just making sure it's the same one. I uh, does a podcast, and he had Colby on. And look, Adam is doing what he's supposed to doing because he's asking like, "So about that uh, whole uh, unfiltered thing, Matt Sarah? You know, he's trying to get sound bites, and that's yeah. Adam's job as a fucking podcast guy. 
Uh, so good for Adam. And so Colby was saying, I got a couple of things. He was saying that he did, he said that Matt's losing the 10 8 to diabetes. He did use that one already. Um, and he called Matt a little squirt. Um, a little squirt, but then he's making fat jokes. I think that, that's kind of. Is, is that right? How but about a, be a twerp? But a little, You're a twerp. I, I'm, I'm, hold on. Now, I was going to defend that, but now, Jimmy, I, I, no, I will just, now I will just praise Colby's uh, no. calling him a little oh, squirt. Yeah, he's got the censure in the ranks. First that is, of all, that's a I, 1950s insult, but I, I, I do enjoy it. Go on now, you squirt. I've, I've, been, I've been told that he's got a writer for him. That's no, it's a well, horrible tired, tired. That when we talked. Well, he oh, also yeah. has oh, the one uh, jockstrap. Yeah. He couldn't hold my jockstrap. That's what ruined Larry Holmes in the minds of people because he said that about Marciano. Mm. So whoever wrote him that wrote him fucking took it from Larry Holmes. Well, I mean, it's very, you know, it's not like you need a fucking genius to come up with that. And <laughs> no. it's, you, know, you know how much time? You know how much time? I, I, I how often I think about. Fucking Colby Covington. I don't think about his douchebag. We bring him up here. This is the thing. When the guy's being outrageous and he's being rude and isn't that for people to talk about him, they hate him. We do a podcast here, the UFC official podcast. It sure is. Yes, a lot of people like it. Uh, he doesn't like it, Colby Covington. I don't blame him. Like I wouldn't either if I was him. <laughs> <laughs> so our job is to talk about what goes on in the fights and this and that. So this guy's playing a bad guy. So we talk about him being a bad guy. <gasps> And then he gets upset that we're talking about him. We're trying to get sound bites. We're trying to, dude. What happened? Dude, you're a fucking asshole. I don't know. Like he's doing if, the same. If you act like an asshole. I gotta say that you're a fucking asshole. But he's doing the same thing too. Like Colby yeah. is like, again. It, it's all he's just getting sound bites too. He's answering yeah. questions. But he almost sounds like we're trying to just. Even like this, just now, like we're trying to right. talk about him just to get some headlines for our podcast, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't even give a shit about you. I mean, but if we bring you up, I can't pretend like I like you or pretend like... I think you're fucking corny. I saw you face to face. You didn't fuck you. Dude, you're the, hard, the furthest thing from a tough guy. So, no, I mean, so you write up some material about me being uh, short and chubby. You know what's awful for your career? <laughs> no, never mind. Listen. What were you going to say? Nothing. Are you gonna, what was awful? No. What's stop awful? it. What's awful? No, I mean, listen. God forbid something goes south with you and a guy that's short and chubby and a retired fighter that's losing a battle to diabetes. That'd be awful for your career. They'd be like, look, you couldn't even get smacked around by this guy. But that's not going to happen. Let's no, you don't want to get... And you never said you'd knock him out, by the way. Adam and first of all, Adam Hunter got that wrong. I didn't say, oh, I'd, I'd beat him in a street fight. Said, he'd be the one knocked out. You said in a room. No, I say if you... Lock, look, like, look, for instance, if you lock <laughs> us in this room, right. I'm looking around in a room. That's why I thought about it. You lock us in this room. I said I'd be the guy walking out. And I hold to that. I'm not challenging him to a street fight. Do I think I could fucking... Dump? Listen, it's not an MMA fight. Of course I do. But let's not get into that. <laughs> oh, fucking listen. Yeah, this, see, this is what happens. I'm too honest. I'm too honest. Yeah. You know? So, does it hurt my feelings when I hear him saying... A little like, bit, very, no. 100% no. Okay, good. <laughs> I give the guy zero thought. Dude, I got a lot going on in my life. I don't have to fucking... I want to see how relevant this motherfucker is when he's when he's my age. But that's all. The, when people get desperate, that's what they say. They just say, oh, how old is he? Wow, what the fuck does that he mean? He said I don't 50, know. which I'm almost 50. Well, and I'm that's 49 very still, I tell people. Listen, 49 again, we laugh. Listen, you know what, uh, you know what uh, happens when you're older? Like, yes, your like erections don't work as well. No, Trust man, me. They know, don't. Just yeah. me and a si I'm snorting Cialis off a fucking Zeppelin mirror. <laughs> you're not on what I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking beat you over the head with my erection, Jimmy. <laughs> fucking knock you out with this thing. But uh, anyway, listen. I have nothing else to say. Well, Kobe, I don't know what to say. I was just gonna say. By the way, it's like when we when you talked about the fight, when you talked about his fight against RDA, you gave him his credit. You know, you'll give him his credit. That's great. That when fight. he fights Tyron Woodley, that's gonna absolutely. Be a fun fight. It's gonna be a great fight. I think that's a rough matchup for him, but I do listen. He beat RDA. He yeah. beat, I like that. Listen, his the best thing he ever did was the thing with the nerd's tears. Yeah. Right. I like. That. I thought that's funny. He's listen. He's he's doing a very good job of getting people not to like him, and because but that's what he's doing. So you can't get fucking salty with me when I'm fucking not liking you. I mean, what the, that's what you're trying to do, asshole. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Listen, so what, what, oh, uh, Sarah should shut his mouth. He's saying stuff that's, that's he doesn't like me. Or that, dude, what do you think? You're acting like a fucking imbecile. No yeah. one likes you. No one fucking likes you. I don't know. Matt's looking anyway, at me when he says that. It hurts. You know? Yeah, okay. dude, listen. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've said that many times, just staring into a mirror. No you? one likes you. No one likes you. You fucking milk-titted bottle of shit. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Jimmy. But other than that, listen, life is good. Do we have anything else nope. to talk about? Huh? Who's, no, who's I mean, Wednesday? Uh, Thank you, by the way, Michael. Thursday. Yes, uh, yes so, Thursday. Sorry, I don't want to confuse you. We have Randy right. Brown uh, coming in. studio, in. Yes. yes. And we... I like Randy. I'm not going to say, but we have a, a special guest potentially calling in. It's not Chip Chipperson? Confirmed. Yeah, Chip Chip might call in. You ruined it. Yeah, by the way, JimNorton.com for my dates. I got fucking... I got Montreal coming up in July. I got uh, first time at Hilarities in Cleveland in August. I got a bunch of Texas dates, a few Texas dates. I got New York City. Uh, in November, so call uh, and get uh, dates from jimnorton.com. And for me, I'll, listen, you don't got to train with me, but you people should train. Find your local jiu-jitsu school. If you're in Long yes, Island. train with only, Matt. Well, if you're in Long Island, I mean, obviously, sarahbjj.com. If you want to do some, and we do private lessons, we do everything, but if you want to just, maybe you want to do something for your wife, get her in shape, or your girlfriend, or anything. It's not, hey, DragoMMA.com. I'm trying to right. hook up my buddy Drago because he's he's starting his own business with that. Good and he, for him. And he's doing really good. I would like he already had some people call from this show. Good. And if they're fans of this show, their third lesson, I'm jumping in. Wow. I'm jumping in that third lesson. If you jump in, you <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna on. either hold a pad. I'll, I'll hand them a medicine ball. Maybe I'll do sit-ups with them. Show them how to do a fucking... Show them how to do a, a choker. D a choker oh, move. R-A-G-O-D-R-A-G-O-D-R-A-G-O. MMA.com. That's Drago. That's most Drago. That's DragoMMA.com. I'm hooking up my buddy and I'm singing. It's a win-win. There's a guy in my gym. I thought of you today. He's a big dude. He's like a bodybuilder. Nice. Big guy. And I'm like, how would Matt strangle this? This guy's too big. <sighs> right. right. <laughs> See, but that's the thing, too. Like, Kobe gets annoyed. But, like, if we were like, could you could you choke out Ngannou? He'd be like, i figure it out. <laughs> oh, no, listen. You lock me in here with anybody. I'm going to so, say that, I But that's what him. I mean. Right. Way, it's just the fighter in me. Yeah. Jimmy. But, but you, could, you could choke out a big guy who's like a bodybuilder. How do you grip? You can't. How do you grip him and make like he's too strong? Stop it, Jimmy. You're so great. Listen, are you? Are we going to the subway? Yes, we are. Good. Absolutely. I'm going to jump in front of it. Listen, uh, listen <laughs> Matt will be back Thursday. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael Kiesa. Really fun talking to you. And we got Randy Brown coming in, and possibly a special guest. It's a great week. Ooh. Goodbye. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.